0: What we're going to talk about today is being in subjection to government and leadership. Two of our, uh, you know, probably the thing that we struggle with the most, I would say, is who's going to be in charge is submitting it to authority. And so, obviously, you know, probably you've already come in with predispositions uh, from culture or from from, um, how you were raised. Uh, Let me remind you, before you check out or before you get upset, Uh, This is God's instruction, it's not mine, it's not Jay's, or anybody else's. So we're going to put Romans 3, 4, if you can go to that, uh, it may be after, yeah, go to that, and then we'll go back. It should be two more slides, Jay, Uh, Derek, yeah, there you go. Uh, God forbid, yea, let God be true, but every man a liar, as it is written, that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings, and mightest overcome when thou art judged, so This is God's word, it's not mine. Let's have that mindset today, okay? Uh, We're going to read and then we'll pray. Uh, Verse 1, go back for me. Thank you, brother. Uh, So let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. For there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience sake. Uh, For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they are God's ministers, attending continually upon this very thing. Render therefore to all their dues, tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Let's pray. Dear God, we love you. Uh, I really do pray that we have that mindset today that uh, your your word is truth. Uh, and, you know, obviously our word is not truth. Uh, you know, our righteousness is as filthy rags in your sight. Help us to have that attitude today that whatever you have for us in your word, uh, that it is exactly what we need for this time. Uh, pray that your Holy Spirit would be the teacher. I pray that he would get me out of the way uh, and just, you know, Just don't let these be my words, dear God. Nobody wants to hear from me. Uh, We want to hear from you today. And I pray uh, that that's uh, our thought process today, that we want to have the mind of Christ by hearing what you would tell us in your word. Uh, And when we hear it today, dear God, I pray that uh, it would change hearts and change lives today. We love you. And all these things we ask in Christ's precious name, amen. So uh, your first first point today, uh, point number one is ordaining. Uh, Ordaining goes in your blank. All your blanks will be capital O's today. So ordaining. Every soul, it says subject unto the higher powers. And I'm not sure what kind of version of Bible you're reading. Uh, Mine says every soul. So that means everybody in this room. And we'll leave it at that. Uh, Titus 3, 1 and 2 says this. Put them in mind to be subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates, to be ready... To every good work, uh, to speak evil of no man, to be no brawlers but gentle, showing all meekness unto all men. And so Titus, again, is receiving this instruction from Paul. Uh, Paul is trying to tell him that you tell your congregation, you tell the people that that are following you to obey the law. Uh, subject to principalities and powers, to obey magistrates. Why? So we can be ready to do every good work. 1 Peter two eighteen says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the forward. Uh, Ecclesiastes 8, 1 and 6 says this, Who is as the wise man, and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. Uh, This is this is Solomon's instruction. The wisest man that ever walked beside the Lord Jesus Christ, I counsel thee to keep the king's commandment, and that in regard of the oath of God. Be not hasty to go out of his sight, stand not in an evil thing. For he doeth the king, doeth whatever so whatsoever pleaseth him. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, what doest thou? Whoso keepeth the commandment shall feel no evil thing. In a wise man's heart discerneth both time and judgment. Because to every purpose there is, a, there is time and judgment. Therefore the misery of man is great upon him. So it's pretty clear that God's word says that we are to, be, to obey uh, the people that are put in charge. Why? Uh, because they've been given that power by God. The next point is no power but of God, it says in there. Um, God is the one that is given it to him. Proverbs eight fifteen says, By me kings reign and princes decree justice. Uh, Daniel two twenty one says, And he, God, changeth the times and the season. He removeth kings and setteth up kings. He giveth wisdom unto the wise, and knowledge to them that know understanding. Daniel four seventeen this matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over, setteth up over it the basis of men. And so you think about the author here, inspired by the Holy Spirit. Daniel is you know, in a pagan nation. Uh, he's been taken there. And so his instruction is, and he's seeing this base man that is, ruling, that is ruling and reigning in Nebuchadnezzar. But he realizes that God has given Nebuchadnezzar that power. Uh, and obviously, you know, some of you are already looking crooked. Uh, obviously, this verse is just as applicable today as it was in the time of Daniel. And look who he was serving. You know, I remember four years ago, five years ago now in 2016, uh, you know, when it came time to vote... I looked at my two options. One, Hillary Clinton. So I didn't have, I'm down to one option. And then the other one is Donald Trump. Uh, You know, if you were to go back maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago, if you would have told, if somebody had said, Donald Trump is going to, that's who's going to be the Republican candidate. The things that was going on, you know, his TV show and all the different things that he was involved in. And this is who we have to vote for. Uh, but you have to look at you know what he was what he was allowing and what he wasn't allowing. It, w- it turns out that it wasn't about the man. Uh, it wasn't about it was about the things that he was allowing the church to do, and that so that motivated me to vote for him. Unfortunately, four years later, you know the sentiment was the same. We have Donald Trump and you have Joe Biden. Uh, you know he's older now than when Reagan left office. Uh, for those of you that were around, you know, in that time frame. So, obviously God's ways aren't my ways. And thank God for that. Thank God for that. Because God has a plan. And these people, no matter what we may think of them from a human standpoint, God has put them in a position of power to accomplish his purposes. And so we have to understand that. It's not about, uh, you know, whatever they may do or whatever they may say. Uh, God has put them in power. So it is uh, up to us as believers and it's up to us as a church to figure out how we still do ministry and how we still be a believer in the midst of whoever's in power. Okay? Uh, so let's continue. Matthew twenty-eight, eighteen. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. John 1911, Jesus answered uh, when he was answering the, the scribes and Pharisees, Thou couldst have no power at all against me, except it were given thee from above. Therefore, he that hath delivered me unto thee hath a greater sin. So what we need to understand is that this power that we're talking about is given to these men, base men or unbase men, or good men, it's ordained of God. Psalms 8, 3, ordain goes in your blank. Um, Psalms 8, 3, and 4. I couldn't figure out when I was doing this what highlighted text looked good with the brown. The green was what I came up with. I'm sorry if that's hurting some of your eyes. So, but, uh, ordained of God. That's Psalms 8, 3, and 4. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou visitest him? Uh, God has ordained all of it. first key, any power that a human or supernatural being has in this universe is only because God has allowed it. The power that Satan has, God allows him to have that. The power that Joe Biden has, God has allowed him to have that. The power that, uh, who's the Tommy Battle, the power that he has... God has allowed that. The power that, fill in the blank, but whoever's in charge in government, God has allowed them to have it. And so the next thing we need to think of is why has God allowed that to happen? First, 1 Corinthians 14, 33, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all churches of the saints. So, From our human standpoint, we may think this time that we're living is the most confusing thing ever with COVID and with government restrictions and all these different things and wearing our mask and, uh, you know, social distancing. This may look like total chaos to a person that doesn't know Christ, to a person that doesn't know God. If we know who's in control, then we should be able to adapt to whatever's going on because God's got it. He's got us, and he's got everything. He's got it all. Uh, and so we need to operate in that mindset. If we have to put a mask on, put a mask on. Is that, is that hindering you from sharing the gospel? Because that's what we're here to do. Is it, here, is it hindering you from doing ministry? No. It's not. God is a God of order, not chaos. Government and the law were God's design, going all the way back to the garden. He had rules for Adam and Eve to follow. Uh, When they disobeyed, there was judgment. Guess what? There's also judgment when we don't obey our government laws. Um, You know, I can think back years ago. um, I'd just gotten out and started driving. And um, I I was on, I guess it was 59, I think, coming back from Fort Payne. And uh, I heard the blue lights, you know, because I was speeding, you know, disobeying the law, of course. Um, And I had never been pulled over before. And so you know, I pull. I kind of start easing over, and you know, and he's he's getting up behind me, like, and I'm like, I don't like, know what to do, you know. And so I I get over, and, you know, over in the on the uh, on the side of the road there, and he's right behind me, and he's got his blue lights going. Well, me idiot, I start getting out of the car. Things changed very quickly. Um, state trooper, you know. As soon as, and I'm out of the car, and he's like, it's on, I mean, he's there, you know, just locked and loaded, ready to pull, depending on what I'm going to do next. And he's like, starts telling me, get back in the car, get back in the car, get back in the car. I'm like, I'm sorry, I didn't, you know, I didn't know, I'm sorry, you know. Uh, And so, obviously, I was breaking the law. Obviously, he has a job to do. Uh, and so, you know, we need to understand uh, that government officials, whether it be a cop or anybody else, there is a uh, protocol that they're supposed to go through. And when you break their protocol, then things can, cha- things can escalate very quickly. Uh, which leads to the next thing is uh, if you resist the ordinance of God or you resist the powers that be. Um, Exodus 18.20 said, and thou shalt teach them ordinances and laws, and shalt show them the way wherein they must walk, and the work that they must do. And so, God's instruction to Moses was, it is your job to give them ordinances. It is your job to give them instruction. It's your job to tell them how to obey. Because we don't come out of the womb wanting to obey. We come out of the womb thinking we can do whatever we want to do. I got two five-year-olds running around that are a great example of that. And so it's a continual, no, 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 stop, no, stop, please stop, no. And it continues to escalate because they need to be taught. And so it's, we're the same way. We have to start at an early age teaching our children how to obey the law. And guess what? If they see us not obeying, if they, you know, if they see us not obeying what somebody tells us to do or bad-mouthing the authorities that be 24-7, guess how they're going to end up? Just like that. Not submitting to authority, not obeying—they have to be taught. Leviticus twenty-two nine: They shall therefore keep mine ordinance, lest they hear sin for it, or lest they bear sin for it and die. Therefore, if they profane it, I, the Lord, do sanctify them. The next point: It says that uh, if we do resist, then we re- we receive damnation. So resisting is e- e- equal to damnation. Think about that for a minute. Uh, Matthew 23, 4, or 14. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore ye shall receive the greater damnation. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty nine. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. And I get the context. Uh, this is not talking about resisting, uh, but it is showing you what damnation looks like in the Bible. Uh, damnation does not mean that uh, in this context that you are damned to hell, it just means that you are going to receive punishment in your body uh, for the things, for the for your actions. Uh, so, uh, my next little rant. Y'all are loving this, aren't you? I was, so, when Jay told me he needed me to preach this, that he was going out of town, and he gave me the passage, I said, really? Really, Jay? This is what you want me to teach? Because uh, this is tough. Uh, this is, you know, obeying authority and... Uh, not resisting, uh, doing what authorities tell us to do. Obviously, those are tough subjects today. You know, we live in a society where it's impossible to discuss the problems that we have uh, with the justice system because everyone has an agenda, right? Uh, It's all, everybody, everything is politically motivated. Uh, You know, the problems start because people don't raise their children to respect authority anymore. Uh, You can just go to Walmart and figure that out. You know, whether it be their teachers, their coaches, uh, their police, the pastors, whoever. You know, we are raising children with the attitude that they are their own authority. Whatever feels good, do that. If you don't feel like doing it, don't do it. It doesn't matter what the teacher says. It doesn't matter what the coach says. It doesn't matter what your pastor says. It doesn't matter what the cop tells you to do. Because you're your own authority. And so that's how we end up with the mess that we have today. Uh, You know, I was raised that it didn't matter what anybody, an elder or an an adult, told you to do. You do it and keep your mouth shut. Otherwise, you're going to deal with me when you get home. That was my dad speaking. Uh, And so you just don't see that anymore. You know, I was raised that... um, if there was a problem on, it, you know, playing ball or anything like that, it wasn't the other person's fault, it was mine. It didn't matter what the other players were doing, it didn't matter what anybody else was doing. What are you doing? What are, what are you responsible for? Uh, nowadays, it's everybody else's fault. Uh, you know, Teachers and cops and people in authority, they're put in an impossible situation today because the kids grow up thinking they don't have to listen to anyone regardless of their bad decisions, you know. I don't have to listen to you, you know. Why? Well, my parents don't make me listen to them, you know. Uh, then you have a government full of wickedness. Uh, and yes, I understand. You know, you have a, one, uh, as far as teachers and cops, one bad one, bad one is going to make all the difference because the media is going to be there to cover it. You know, it doesn't matter how many good ones you have or all the good ones that are doing their job, if you have one bad one, and we're right in the middle of this right now, then they're all bad, because that's the way the media covers it, right? And so, where do you go? Well, what does it lead to? It leads to anarchy, it leads to rebellion. And guess who's, who's having a field day right now? Satan. He loves it. Can't get enough of it. Um, and, but you have to remember, what we talked about uh, last week, Flesh and blood are not our enemies. It's the spirit that's behind it. Right? Uh, Ephesians six twelve. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 1 John 4, 1 and 3. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof ye are, have heard that it should come. And even now already is it in the world. It was in the world in John's day when he's writing this. It's in our world today. Uh, We don't have to look very far to see the spirit of Antichrist and the things that are going on. We don't. Um, And, you know, I don't know why we're shocked. I really don't. Because what do unbelievers act like? Unbelievers. Right? The problem is, is we have a lot of saved people that act like unbelievers. uh, So they don't see anything any different. Um, Verse 3. Uh, point number two is obeying. Obeying goes in your blank. This is fun, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, for rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then, wilt thou then, not be afraid of the power? Do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. So, rulers are a terror uh, to evil. They're not a terror to good works. If you look at Exodus eighteen twenty five, Moses chose able men out of, all, out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, rulers over thousands, rulers over hundreds, rulers over 50, and rulers over 10. The reason that he did that is because he just couldn't do it all. Uh, he, he had so much going on, and he needed people, you know, subordinates that could help him rule the people. Because uh, whether we know it or whether, whether we like it or not, or whether we want to ascribe to it, we all need leadership. And we're all going to be following something. Um, and so are we going to follow the good things or are we going to follow the bad things? 1 Peter 2, 13 through 16. Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors, as unto, unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. So, my illustration earlier with the state trooper. Guess what? If I'm not speeding, none of the rest of it happens. Right? So, you know, if you break the law... Then prepare for judgment. Prepare to be, you know, uh, punished for your for what you're doing wrong. Uh, you know, it's pretty clear. Proverbs sixteen seven: When a man's ways please the Lord, he maketh even his enemies to be at peace with him. Uh, you know, if we'll just live peaceably, I think I have that verse later. We'll probably avoid a lot of the things that, you know, all of the drama and the, and the problems that we have in this life. 1 Peter 3, 12 through 18. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them to do evil. And who is he that will harm you if you be followers of that which is good? But, and if you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as ev- of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil doing. For Christ also has suffered once... Uh, hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. So your next blank. Uh, to truly be Christ-like demands suffering for the Lord's sake. Now I'm not, I'm not talking about suffering because of your sin. I'm not talking about suffering for your sake. I'm talk, talking about suffering for uh, the Lord's sake. Um, and if you're gonna do, if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna live like Christ, if you're, you know, for these guys that are about to and ladies that are about to do cost of discipleship, taking up that cross means you're gonna suffer. If you truly take it up, if you truly take it up, it means you're gonna suffer. If you don't, you won't. For Second Timothy three twelve, yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus might suffer persecution. That's not what it says. It says shall suffer pers- persecution. Philippians one twenty nine. For unto you it is given the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on him, but also to suffer for his sake. Uh, Paul had the right mindset in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him, and the power of his resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings be made conformable unto his death. Uh, you know, one of the things you know, that we talked about a lot at discipleship conference that we went to a few weeks ago. Uh, besides for all of us that caught COVID, that was awesome. Uh, you know, but other than that, um, one of the things that we talked about was, you know, being a soldier and enduring hardship and suffering for the Lord's sake. Uh, you know, I, I, would, I would say most of us probably don't really suffer that very much because we don't ever get out on the battlefield. Uh, you know, we're still in the barracks waiting, you know, just hanging around. And we never get out and we never endure hardship. We never know, truly know what Christ went through because, you know, we're just not willing to do it. And I, I'm guilty as much as anybody. You know, we have to understand that if we are going to live godly, it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's not going to be. It's not going to be your best life now. It's not. It's probably going to get pretty hard. Uh, I think you can look maybe over the last, I don't know, four or five months, you know, some of the things that these godly men have went through, whether it be Mark Trotter, uh, you know, Jeff Bartell, a few, few, you know, Keep you can run the list. These guys are suffering right now. Some of the things they're going through health-wise, um, you know. And so, you know, we need to understand that we're going to suffer and we just need to embrace it because God's going to show us something. When you go through suffering, when you go through temptation or trials and tribulations, you come out looking more like Christ than when you went in. Bottom line. Uh, So verse four, uh, for he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that, which is evil, be afraid. For he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger, to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. And so we're talking about authority. We're talking about uh, the people that God has put has allowed to be in control or in, in power. And it says that he is the minister of God to thee for good. And so we need to understand, again, that God is able to use any man to accomplish his purposes. Even a pagan king. A great example is Cyrus. Um, You know, if you remember when the the, um, Israelites were going to start rebuilding the temple. Well, Cyrus was the man that God put in place to allow that to happen in that nation at that time. Um, Isaiah 44, 28. Again, this is not a believer. He's not a Jew. But listen to what God says about him. That saith of Cyrus, he is my shepherd. And shall perform all my pleasure. Even saying to Jerusalem, thou shalt be built into the temple, thy foundation shall be laid. Next, ver- next verse, I believe, Isaiah 45, 1. Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holden, to subdue nations before him, and I will loose the loins of kings to open before him the two leave gates, and the gates shall not be shut. So it didn't matter that Cyrus didn't believe in God. It didn't matter that he wasn't a Jew. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. God used him to accomplish his purposes uh, for the nation of Israel. And guess what? God can use any man or woman to do whatever he wants them to do, if he so chooses. Uh, Whether it be Donald Trump, whether it be Joe Biden, whether it be Hillary Clinton, you run the list. Putin, I don't care. God is in control. He is in control, and he can use them. And he is using them. Uh, verse five: uh, Wherefore you must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. You know, conscience is that thing that you know deep down that kind of tells you what's right and what's wrong deep down. You know that we some of us don't you know we don't really want to listen to sometimes. Uh, Acts twenty four sixteen: Herein do I exercise myself to have always a conscience void. Of offense toward God, and it'd be fine if it stopped there, right? But it doesn't. It says and toward men, uh, you know. So in other words, you know, when it, when we talk about uh, the qualifications of being a pastor or being a deacon, if you start running that list, uh, one of those things that you be found blameless, uh, blameless. You know, I had this discussion I think uh, last week. Uh, blameless does not mean sinless. Blameless means that you that you know just simply means that you are not doing anything premeditated to offend anybody. You're not doing anything premeditated to sin against anybody, to sin against God. Uh, and, you know, that is one of the qualifications And we need to have a good conscience toward all men. Hebrews 13, 17, and 18. Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves. For they watch for your souls as they that must give an account. That they may do it with joy and not with grief. For that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. 1 Peter two nineteen through 24 For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if, when you be buffeted for your faults, you, take, you shall take it patiently? But, but if, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Uh, for even hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us leaving us an example that ye should follow his steps who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth, who when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him, to him that judges righteously, who his, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. So Christ is the example. Christ is the one that we're supposed to follow. Uh, Christ submitted himself to the authorities in Jerusalem. Uh, I've got the, I think I've got that point later. He didn't have to. He had, he had all the authority in the universe. He could have wiped that place out if he wanted to. But why? Why didn't he do that? Well, number one, because he loved you and he loved me. And he was there to do the will of the Father, no matter what the cost. And so, you know, I don't think any of us are going to get crucified, you know, for sharing our faith. Not here. Not yet. We might. Uh, But what will we do then? What will we do? Uh, And so, what did Jesus do? Well, what did he have to say about governmental authority? Um, Number three is owing is your blank. Yeah. And then we can go back to the slide there, Derek. Owing goes in your blank. Uh, so yeah go back for me one second thank you brother for this cause pay you tribute also for they are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing render therefore to all their dues tribute to whom tribute is due custom to whom custom fear to whom fear honor to whom honor so guess what you know your life is not your own your, your existence is not yours uh, you know there are some things that you're going to have to pay tribute to I think the tax did it, it was, or they extended it. It was tax week, tax week. Uh, you know, usually it's April 14th. So, uh, you know, I think they extended it to May because of, you know, uh, COVID and things like that. But guess what? You know, when you go to do your taxes, uh, you're paying the man, you know, so to speak, uh, for them keeping your money for a year. Um, we, we have to because that's what God has put in place. Um, Jesus said, said it himself, Render therefore to all their dues. And he said unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which be Caesar's, and unto God the things which be God's. It's always kind of uh, interesting to me when you read that. You know, Again, we don't have a problem doing paying the taxes or paying the government. Some of us have a real problem letting go of that money you know, when it comes time to tithe, uh, you know, when it comes time to give God what is his. And guess what? It's all his. Uh, it's all his. Everything, your time, your talent, your treasure, it's all God's. Uh, and you can, just, you can be a steward of that how you'd want to be. First uh, Timothy 2, 1 and 3. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. For kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of of God our Savior. I'm going to ask a hard question. Please don't raise your hand. When's was the last time you prayed for your president? The one that's here now? When's the last time you prayed for your governmental leaders? Why does it say. Why is Paul instructing Timothy to do that? So you can do your, what you need to do. It says so we can lead a good. Or lead a quiet and peaceful life. So, you know, a lot of times the things that we, we don't get things because we don't pray for them. Well, how about you pray for some peace? How about you pray for your leaders? Because uh, you never know what God can do. So James five sixteen says, the, right, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. So if we don't ever pray it, then we don't have anybody to blame but ourselves. Jeremiah 29, 4 through 7. Uh, Jerusalem, or Israel, uh, the Israel, Hebrew people had been led into captivity in Babylon. And this was God's instruction to them through Jeremiah. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives. So, you know, he's, he's, he's doing a head, raise your hand if you're captive, you know. Uh, Whom I have caused to be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. So, just in case they were, did, were confused about who caused it, God did. Um, Build ye houses, and dwell in them, and plant gardens, and eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives, and beget sons and daughters, and take wives for your sons. And give your daughters to husbands, that they may bear sons and daughters, that ye ye may be increased there in Babylon, and not diminished. Verse 7. And seek the peace of the city, whether I have caused you to be carried away captives, and pray unto the Lord for it. For in the peace thereof ye shall have peace. So... God was instructing them not to go there and cause a rebellion. Not to, you know, overthrow the government. Not to protest and, and uh, march and picket and all, all these different things. Go over there and do what they tell you to do. Because that's what I want you to do. Why? Romans twelve eighteen. If it be possible, as much as life in you live peaceably... With all men. All men. Eating the ones that you like and the ones you don't like. The D's and the R's. The I's. Independence. I, do we have any other? I don't know of any other uh, parties. But uh, it doesn't matter. Just live peaceably. Because guess what? God has put them in place, number one. If you don't live peaceably, they're going to come for you. And then you're not going to be able to share the gospel. Or do the things you're going to do. Uh, so key. Key. We should seek peace with all men with the goal of sharing the gospel with them. So if you go on your job and you don't do what your boss tells you to do and you don't obey what he's telling you to do as an employee, it's going to be real hard to share the gospel with him because he already knows that you act like a goofball and and won't submit to authority. So why would he think you would submit to the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, for your kids, if they see you bad-mouthing everybody that has, you know, has a a uniform on or, you know, all the congressmen and the senators and everybody else all the time, or their teachers or their coaches, or anybody that's an authority in their life, and then you're going to, you know, talk to them about sharing the gospel? I mean, you're setting a terrible example. You know, because you're not seeking peace, and so therefore, you know, you've already kind of put a roadblock up for sharing the gospel with them. First uh, Corinthians nine twenty two: To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I have made all things to all men, that I by that I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might be partaker thereof with you. So you know, we need to have the mindset again. The title of the message is "Who's the boss? You're not the boss." You're not the boss. God is the boss. And so that is why you're here, to serve him. And he gave you one thing to do. Preach the gospel. Make, you know, make disciples. And that's it. You're not here for anything else. I'm not here for anything else. And so our conduct should be with the goal of sharing the gospel, with whoever we come across. And if our actions hinder that, uh, then God help us. Last point, point four, obligation. And for all the rebels, and you know, uh, country, our country was founded by rebels, obviously, because uh, you know, we, you know, we didn't want to, uh, because we, you know, the things that were going on in England. So for, and you know, we live in the South, so we tried to rebel against the North. So this is for all of us now. I finally got, you know, finally got to the people that so people don't like to submit to authority. Right. Now the exception. So we as believers are bought with a price. Right? Amen? Yeah. Uh, we are to do the will of God our Father. So when the powers that be, or the powers that have been put in place, directly affect our ability to carry out our mandate from God Almighty, and what is our mandate? Well, it's the Great Commission. That's the only mandate we have. If we do that, everything else will take care of itself. If, if the government that is put in place hinders or negates our ability to do that, well, guess what? It's time to rebel. We finally, got, you know, we finally can go against the government. Uh, we have a decision to make. Uh, and I'll give you some examples. Exodus 1, 15 through 17. And the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Shiphrah and the other was Pua. Uh, and he said, when you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then ye shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she, then she shall live. And here's what they did. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men, children, alive. So they had an order from Pharaoh, but they had a higher order from God. So that was their ticket to do what God told them to do. Not what they wanted to do, but what God had told them to do. Acts five twenty seven twenty nine. And when they had brought them, they set them before the, before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, did not we straightly command you that you should not teach in this name? And it was the name of Jesus Christ. talking to. The, and behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. Now, again, if you go back and read, they had been brought before uh, this council peaceably and without violence. So, you know, when they came to get them, it wasn't like we're going to fight, you know. Uh, it wasn't, we will go and stand before the council, but we're going to talk about God when we get there. You can beat us, you can do whatever you want to do, uh, but we're still going to preach. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. So that was the one thing that they said, No, we're not doing that. We're not going to do that. We're going to preach the gospel. And we're going to teach about Christ, and you can do whatever you have to do. It's on. You. It's your decision at that point. And guess what? Did they kill them? No, they let them go. They beat them and they sent them on their way, and they and they were excited about that. And they kept preaching the gospel. So, uh, just a few examples of of this and kind of not obeying the commandments of of government. So first, if you think about Joseph in Egypt. Joseph had been put there. He was put under the care of Potiphar. uh, And he was put in charge of everything at that point. Uh, He was second in command to him. And so the one, and he was, you know, he was living peaceably, doing his thing. Everybody was prospering. But there was one thing, uh, you know, Potiphar's wife, you know, uh, she wanted to lie with Joseph. She wanted um, to um, enter into a relationship with him. And that was, that was his line. Infidelity and adultery was his line. I'm not doing that. He did nothing wrong. He didn't fight them. He got put in prison. But yet God used him through that, through that uh, situation. He ends up right back where he was. He ends up right back where he was. God took care of him. And he didn't violate God's law. He didn't violate God's word. Uh, next example, uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego uh, in Babylon. So when they were put there, uh, first of all, you had those guys that were told that they would have to eat. Uh, the diet and everything that, that ever, uh, the Babylonians ate, well, they refused to do it. Uh, and so it was food that was offered to idols. So blasphemy was a line that they were not going to cross. Uh, Daniel, and that's in Daniel 3. In Daniel 6, uh, Daniel was brought before him. Or, you know, they, they saw that he was praying to God and he wasn't participating in the worship of a, of a pagan king. Uh, and Daniel continued doing what he was doing. And God took care of him. Uh, God still allowed him to prosper. The apostles, the line for them was whether they were going to share the gospel or not. God took care of them. Uh, we're here because they didn't stop. You know, uh, Paul in Rome, Paul was put in prison, Paul was beaten, shipwrecked, you name it, it happened to him. Yet he kept sharing the gospel, and God took care of him. Um, and I'm sure there were probably times when he was like, uh, really? We're going to keep going with this? You know, but he kept doing what God had called him to do. Because uh, he had a calling from God, and he wasn't going to stop. And lastly, uh, Jesus in Jerusalem. Uh, Jesus, you know, was every day they were coming against him. They were telling him, you know, to stop preaching. Uh, they were trying to catch him in, in things that he was doing. Um, you know, as far as saying that he was the son of God, they were trying to catch him in that. So that ultimately they could do what they did to him. Um, but he didn't stop. He just kept doing what God had called him to do. So each one of these individuals had a line that they were not going to cross. And that line was anything that violated God's word. So, you know, if and when you look at government authority and things like that, is it really violating what they're telling you to do? Is it violating what God has told you to do? If it is, then you do what God told you to do. If it's not, then you do what they told you to do, even if you don't like it. Uh, Matthew 26, this, is what, this was kind of Jesus' stance on it. Matthew 26, 50 through 52. And Jesus said unto him, they're in the garden. Um, you know, Judas has betrayed him. Uh, you had this standoff. Uh, Peter, he decides, you know, we're not doing this. Jesus said to him friend wherefore art thou come then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him and behold one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear Uh, then said Jesus unto him put up again thy sword into his place for all they they that take the sword shall perish with the sword so that was Jesus' stance on it Uh, if we are under the authority of government Try to live peaceably as you can. Live a quiet and peaceable life. Uh, and, you know, again, we may come to that where we don't where it's not peaceable, uh, but it better be related to the sharing the gospel. It better be related, you know, not to our political stance, uh, whether we have an R or a D, uh, you know, or our preferences. It better be about this book. Because that's the only thing we're standing on. Uh, so, if you will, uh, we're, just, we're not going to have a song today, just because of logistics and everything. But uh, I do want you to just close your eyes and just, you know, think about some of the things we talked about today. Um, so, you know, we talked today about God's authority. Uh, you know, is Jesus the Lord of your life? Have you accepted His payment for your sins? Uh, you know, all the, everything that we've talked about today is, is is a moot point. You know, if we don't know Christ. Uh, you know, next, God has asked us to prove that we are His. By submitting to the authority he has placed in our lives. So how are we doing on that? You know, whether it's our pastor, our boss, and specifically what we talked about today, our government. Uh, God has commanded us to not only submit to them, but also to earnestly pray for them. But our prayer should be that they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, do we spend our time complaining? Uh, whether it be uh, our local government, our, our national government. Uh, you know do do we spend all of our time and our efforts uh, focusing on that uh, you know and, and just or would that time that we spend on that not be better spent talking about the love of Jesus you know no matter how bad we may think the political and social climate is in this country we still have the ability to preach the gospel and gather as a church openly God help us to take advantage of those privileges while we can and lastly, one day we may have to make a decision if the government were to take away those privileges. God help us to have the same courage that the apostles had. Lord, we.